Hey there, I'm Eric J. Olson. And I'm Kevin Daisy. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. Hey, everybody. It is Eric J. Olson, and I am live recording for another episode of the Managing Partners Podcast, where we speak with America's top managing partners to find out what they're doing to grow their law firms and to keep their case pipeline full. And today I have Krista Groshek with me. How are you doing, Krista? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Well, I appreciate us working, or you, I should say, you working through the technical difficulties that we had yesterday when we tried to go live. Sure, no problem. I made it. We made it. All right. Let me tell the audience a little bit about you. Krista has excellent experience litigating cases to both judges and juries. She has an exceptional trial record, even getting some cases dismissed on constitutional grounds before trial. That's impressive. She has developed a solid reputation as a Minnesota trial attorney for successfully defending clients against a wide range of charges in criminal court. Well, once again, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, besides what we read, what I read in the bio, can you tell the audience a little bit more about you and your firm? Sure. Uh, So I've been practicing 22 years and I started out uh, in downtown Minneapolis working as a public defender. I actually started out litigating juvenile cases. Within a year or two, I moved into the adult felony trial team and I litigated everything from DWI to murder. And I was in trial at least twice a month. So I get a lot of jury trial experience relatively quickly. I was a young lawyer. So, you know, what's great about youth is, you know, you're also a little naive. So when I started winning all these cases, I decided, well, heck, I'll go out on my own. And I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I had no idea what it was going to take to build a firm. And it wasn't really until the last like four years that I really came to understand what it takes to be a good boss, a good manager, a good leader. And, you know, when you learn all of that and you're holding a team together, you're also learning some really good life skills, like basically how to be a better human. So I didn't know what I was biting off until I started chewing it. Right. And then I realized how full my mouth was. And so as a result, I kept hiring people to try to take on all the work. Right. And through a series, and I'm sure we'll talk about it, of successes and failures, mostly in the beginning years, a lot of failures as it relates to building a team and keeping a team together. um, I finally found what I will call uh, the magic sauce for me. That's allowed me now to get to the point where we have 12 people uh, working. We've got six attorneys. We've got another baby attorney on the way waiting for his bar results on Monday. We've got an operations director and a business manager. We've got a plethora of support staff. uh, And I made the decision to not use paralegals and instead, I put three lawyers on every case, and I'm happy to talk about that as well. Yeah, that I definitely want to talk about that. You know, going back to the, the last four years where everything just started to kind of click, isn't it crazy to look back at the previous 18 years and just think, how did, how did I make it through that? Right. Like my hair was on fire all the time. Right? All the time. All the time. And what I realized is there had to be a better way to work. So one of the things I did was I added other areas of law to my practice. Right. So I have a family law side, which that's a really nice mix for criminal because a lot of our clients need both services. Mm-hmm. We also recently added an estate and a probate section. Uh, and that fledgling department now is servicing our clients at the end of criminal and families rep- uh, representation. 
So I, I knew that was important. I also knew it was important to uh, align myself with non-lawyers who would be feeders to the business. So I typically speaking have office with psychologists and counselors and other business people that are in areas other than my own. Uh, typically speaking, when lawyers go out on their own, at least in this town, I see them all going to one or two buildings. And there's all these lawyers in the same area of practice trying to, you know, get the same clients. And I, and I just felt that was really counterproductive. On one hand, it allowed me to get a large client base relatively quickly, even through like word of mouth and professional referrals. On the other hand, it, it did have the impact of sort of separating me from some of my peers, which, you know, has some cost as well. So I had to work extra hard at keeping up those relationships because I wasn't seeing those people all the time by my own choice. Yeah, yeah. no, I think that's really good to do something that's different than what everyone else is doing. And, and speaking of which, you know, you mentioned this before, three attorneys on every case. How did that come about? That is definitely not usual. Correct, because it doesn't really sound like it'd be cost effective, but I'll tell you, uh, it ends up being that way because mine is a growing firm. And so we always have a, a strategist, right? Then we've got a case manager that does a lot of the heavy lifting, lots of client contact, coordinates everything. Do you have the discovery? When's the next court date? Is the file in order, right? And then we have a research and writing attorney who's sort of called upon, depends, sometimes a lot, sometimes a little, sometimes none. Right? And so what I found is when I was training new lawyers in, they needed a lot of time to be trained to see you know, these cases as they play out, right? Nothing is as good as the real thing, right? Like lawyers learn by doing, at least trial lawyers do, right? And until you put them you know, in the fire or, or the frying pan or you push them off the deep end, right? Like they're not really gonna know how to think on their feet and how to react. So a good training ground before you push them off, right? Into the deep end is to have them watch, but watch as stuff unfold organically, right? And have them in the mix, maybe not right in the frying pan, but you know, they're, they're right there cooking with you. So because we were a growing firm and I realized four years ago that just getting a bunch of lawyers who were qualified, smart and competent wasn't good enough. I really needed to build a team and I really needed to figure out what these uh, new lawyers that were coming out of law school wanted from me. Because when I'm looking at a series of teams that I built that didn't stay together, didn't last, didn't really work cohesively, well, what's the, what, what is the main factor in all that? Me. I was present for all of it. So I decided I would do a comprehensive onboarding. I just did another training today from Brene Brown, Dare to Lead. I love this stuff. This is like our Bible. I learned how to have hard conversations. I learned how to be vulnerable myself, right, with my staff, which isn't being wimpy at all, right? I mean, we do a lot of hardcore business here. My practice is primarily felonies. A lot of the uh, topics that I have to discuss in doing that work is criminal sexual conduct child abuse. I mean, it's, it's big stuff. So I'm, we're very busy and very business, but to keep the team together, I needed to make sure that we all understood what, what, what was expected culturally. And that's to be vulnerable, to get rid of all that, you know, BS shame yep. and, and to bring in, you know, true empathy. And so we've been, once, when I started onboarding in that way, into your question, then when I put three lawyers on to really learn in the trenches with me, Oh man, like that just took off, right? Like I had lawyers that were engaged in a completely different way. I had a team that was, you know, cooking with gas. I had people excited about the work that we were doing. And it took a lot of the load off of me because I'm the one with the most experience. My name's on the door. People I'll walk, clients walk in and be like, I want you to do it. I'm like, I, I, I can't do, you know, 350 cases, right? Like that's impossible. So getting lawyers to help on all different levels 
train them, created teams. And it really took out of the mix, like kind of like messy paralegal conversation that always goes something like this. I'm sorry, sir. She's in trial. Sorry, sir. She's in a meeting. I can't offer you any legal advice. I can't answer any of your questions, but she'll call you back. Like to me, it just seemed like the way we use paralegals in the legal industry really doesn't make sense. Like all they, they in, for criminal, all they do is like kick the can down the road. I mean, they're filing, you know, template documents and, and whatnot, but it wasn't giving my clientele who are usually smart, articulate, uh, educated people, the answers that they wanted soon enough and creating the three attorney system that case manager was free. If the case manager wasn't free, then your legal research could call you and update you. So it's worked beautifully. Nobody else I'd ever, I don't think is doing this. And, and we do honor that. We, we honor that for all of our clients. You know, so, some cases lean into it more just because of the nature of the case, but all clients know it's available to them. Hey there, this is Eric J. Olson, the CEO of Array Law. If you're ready to work with a world-class digital marketing company, reach out. You can find us online at ArrayLaw.com or call us at any time, 757-333-3021. I really like how you've just rethought what everyone else does. And I think that's really important in business. You, you go into business thinking, well, I need to do like everyone else. I don't want to be different. But then as you learn more and more, you should be tweaking that model a little bit. And it sounds like you definitely have. And that's great. So congratulations on that. And we're majority women, not because I'm picking on the guys or not hiring qualified guys, but I've had some really exceptional female candidates that really are on board with this yeah. you know, dare to lead protocol. And, and, and they want to do something different. And I think that'll probably segue into one of your questions about what are my plans next two to five. Yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah. So I am, you know, 22 years. It's hard to believe I've been doing anything for 22 years. When I think back about my legal career, like it's went so fast, you know, but yet when I'm in it, it's, you know, it's incredibly challenging for sure. So I knew from attending some entrepreneurial classes, I got some kind of scholarship and I had no idea what I was doing. And I was in there with people from different uh, businesses and they were talking to me about, oh, this is how I sell my business or this is how I'm going to offboard myself or create my exit plan. I'm like, exit plan, you know, this is, I think I was in my early forties and I was like, exit plan, I'm going to do this the next 30 years of my life, you know? And That's right. Then I, then I had the next four years and I'm like, holy God, this is hard, right? Like, I, I, I don't want to do this. And I have a small child. I had a, a child when I was 40. So, you know, thinking about, well, geez, you know, I had this kid. I, sh I should probably be there for some of her childhood. Yeah. So uh, I talked to my husband, who is a Marine Corps officer, 22 years. He, he moved from California to Minnesota to marry me, if you can believe that. He reminds me of that every day. He became our business manager. And because he's in the military, he knows a lot about processes and structure. And, you know, some people that have worked here have not liked that. I think that we've kind of taken some of the models that he's introduced to me that I've been a little hardheaded in learning, but I, I think the last four years have been transformative. And then I plugged him into this, right? So, so it's worked really well. He's really helped me have a different lens on things. And he said to me, you can't do this for the next 30 years. He's like, I, I really think that's not okay. And I was like, yeah, you know, I think you're kind of right. So... What we've done is we've created uh, what's called the core four. So I hired four attorneys four years ago. That's when I kind of saw the light, right? And tried something really different. I never did onboarding. I never let myself be vulnerable and, and really taught people how to lead. Those uh, That group is now positioned to become partners. And we've got a exit strategy for me where 
they will take on larger and larger percentages of the business. And then they are responsible for, you know, paying me as I'm of counsel. And, and we've got a plan in place where I will transition out and they will transition in. Right. And we're teaching them, you know, how to keep adding people and keep mentoring people and how to lead mm-hmm. and, you know, like spread, spread the good word. Right. So it's a little weird for me to be talking about it because I, I still really love practicing. What I realize is I don't, I don't have to give up the practicing, but you know, I get to transition into a different role and I sort of view the core four and they, they laugh at me, right? Like, you know, they're kind of like children to me. Like I, I, I'm very invested in seeing them succeed. Like I really want to give, if you can call it a legacy, give the reins over to these four people that I trust and I think are just doing great. I really like that a lot, uh, especially with the name. You gave it a, a branded name, the core four, but it's very clear the way that you articulate it, that there, there's four people that you're training them, you've been training them for a while, and then there's a plan for them, which is great for them, right? So now they know not only what your plans are, they know what their plans are if they stick to the program, right? So there's something in it for them long-term for sure versus it just being a job. Right, and you know, these are so mostly young women. There's a, one of the associates is a, is a little bit older. She's closer to my age than the other ones, but she had left doing family law and she was in the corporate world for a while and then decided she really wanted to work with clients again. But, you know, these are people who really changed their lives and thought differently about their futures, right? And took a chance on me, just like I took a chance on them. And it's been a very good partnership. And I have to say, it was one of the hardest things I ever had to do. Like train in, I was training in lawyers that were basically brand new while still managing a huge caseload, right? Mm -hmm. While still trying to be a mom and, you know, a human in the world. Um, it was really, really, really demanding, but it was probably really, truly one of my greatest accomplishments. And, and I hope it continues to be. I hope that, you know, they're still invested and it works out. And, you know, I'd like to see some more names on the door here in a couple of years. That's awesome. Now, in order for the core four to be successful, they're going to need clients, right? What are some okay. different ways that you go about getting clients right now? Well, because I've been practicing for 22 years, we get a fair amount of referral business. Sometimes we get some repeat clients. Most of um, my clients, quite frankly, uh, don't come back. And if they do, it's it's not for a criminal matter, it's for a family matter, it's for an estate matter. But it's a nice way with these different practice areas, right, to not have to pay extra advertising dollars when you already have this very big client, right? So we get those referrals. Um, we also get, I get professional referrals from other lawyers and judges. We get a fair amount of traffic from our website. We put a, a fair amount of uh, revenue into supporting those uh, marketing efforts. Um, we do PPC, of course. And, and, you know, changes in Google. And, you know, if you're not keeping your eye on the ball of, you know, what are my numbers and where is this at? Like, you can spend a whole heck of a lot of money on your website and PPC, and you can realize that you're not getting enough bang for your buck. And what I would say is that happens from time to time. And what it does, you know, it requires constant recalibration branding, messaging, target audiencing, geofencing, right? You're constantly having to tweak that. And if you look at it like that, I think you're more successful as opposed to like the stock market, putting your money in the stock market and letting it ride for however many years. You can't really do that with your website team. If, if you do, you're going to find that you're probably not getting enough for your dollar. Yeah. And, you know, when it comes to online advertising, in particular, Google search, it's you can waste a lot of money, unfortunately, if, if it's not really dialed in. And then one of the things that um, that sometimes aggravates a 
managing partners is it's like an on off switch, right? So you only get returns if you're putting money in, but if you want to, if you want to lower the, the amount that you put into advertising or just stop it for a while, that's it. It's gone. Right. So it's, it's an on off switch. You either pay and it's on or you don't pay and it's off. It's one or the other. Right. Right. Yeah. So as far as your, your marketing, so, you know, you talked about client referrals, professional referrals, besides that, besides, besides the referrals, when it comes to actual marketing, what are some things that are working well for you right now? And then conversely, what is something that that hasn't worked very well for you in the past that you stopped doing? PPC has been really hit or miss. So I'll start there. I'm not a big fan of PPC. I kind of feel like, you know, you need like a degree in PPC and then you need a master's degree in PPC to really figure it out. I think doing it on your own is damn near impossible. So I wouldn't recommend that. But sometimes it's a nice band-aid, right? If you, you know, just need a couple more clients or you're looking for a particular kind of client. What I would say has been working really well for me is I do a fair amount of media. Uh, my clients love seeing their attorney on the news big time, right? So any chance I get to talk on the news, right, I'll do it. When I was younger and just starting to get into that and, you know, being known in that, I would get up at like five in the morning and do the 6 a.m. newscast. I'm less willing to do that now, but I still do a fair amount of media. And that's really paid off really well, which is why I was, I was interested in taking advantage of this opportunity because I know that that's another way that it makes us different. And I don't have video on my website yet, not because I don't want to, just because I haven't found the right person and format. But I think when a, a lawyer speaks and when you can see their face, you know, you, you just get an idea of like what that person would be like in court, right? Like what I want that person by my side, do they make sense? Are they, you know, a good representation of me? Are they an extension of me? And so mm -hmm. that publicity has worked really well. And we've been fortunate enough uh, to get tapped to give commentary sometimes on a international level. So. That's excellent. Oh, good. Well, that was incredibly interesting. Uh, I, I really like the things that you've done in the business model tweaking the three lawyer system, the core four, the book with, with all of the sticky notes throughout that clearly a reference guide for you. And you're going back to that over and over and over again, by the way, do you have your entire team reading it or at least the core four? Yeah. Oh yeah. So the core four did it. And now we're on to a different book, which is, I think it's Jen Sincero badass habits, right? So how to really, you know, neck down what you need to do. And then now I've got my second group that I'm onboarding and I'm doing it again. So yeah, it, nice. it is like the Bible. Very nice. That's awesome. If someone has a question for you or if they have a case they'd like to refer to you, what is a good way to get in touch with you? Call our office. We staff it 24-7. I've got on-call attorneys, so you can always reach me or for sure the on-call attorney at 612-827-3833. Fantastic. Thanks so much. All right, everybody. If you would like to check out more episodes like this where we interview America's top managing partners, you can find our backlog, which is over 120 episodes at this point at arraylaw.com slash podcast. And if you are looking to increase the value of your digital marketing for your law firm, you can check out my company, Array Digital Services at arraylaw.com. We offer websites, SEO, online advertising, and social media. All right, Krista, thanks again. Bye, thank you.